Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Tetzaveh Sheni, the second Aliyah in Parshas Tetzaveh. The topic of our Aliyah is the Choshen, the breastplate. It is 18 Sukim long, running from Perik Chavches Pasuk Yud Gimel to Pasuk Lamed. Let's take a look, at a, a brief look at the overview, and then we will dive into some more points to ponder. So what is the question? What is this breastplate? So it turns out that it is actually made out of a rectangular piece of woven cloth. Um, also made of the same beautiful materials um, of threads, the gold, blue, some purple, crimson, and, uh, and linen threads, which are woven together. Um, to make the the choshen, and it was uh, it was a a double um, square essentially in a rectangular fa- fashion wrapped over itself to create the square upon which the stones would rest. So we hear about twelve stones, which are all very precious stones, which are resting in lines, and we have we have f- uh, we have four turim. We have these four columns which we have over here, and we hear about the stones in each of these columns. And upon each of the stones is one of the names of the tribes of Israel, 12 tribes, engraved out, not written on them, but engraved out of it, um, of, of these stones. We also then hear that at the top of the Choshen, there were these golden chains, which were, um, which were, Plattered and they uh, would go up and attach themselves to the um, to these rings or to the to the the stones of the a, the aphod of the aphod which is the the straps of the of, of the apron which re, reached over the kohen's shoulders and then they would be tied at the bottom there would be these these blue tcheles, um as straps which would tie it to the ephod at the bottom, so that that the choshen the ephod are connected at the top and at the bottom together to each other, and the coin will wear the names of Israel Hashem as a constant reminder in front of Hashem. And the very end of the aliyah, we hear that the that into the choshen you place the urim and the tumim. The, which is hard to translate, and these will be on the heart of Aharon. Okay, so it's a very beautiful description, very famous uh, impression, very famous picture. Let's try to understand what's going on over here. First question is, what is the function, what is the point of the Choshen? So Rashi explains, quoting the Gemorian Erechen, that it turns, uh, it turns for judges and misjudgment. When a Dayan, a judge misjudges a case, that is what it is atoning for as well. The Clay Akra points out that that's why it is so much related to the aphod, to the apron. The apron and the Choshen are made of the same material, they're both material, they're both made of the same materials. That's because the sin that the aphod atones for is, is Avarazara, and the, the sin for which the, um, the Choshen atones for is um, is a bad judgment. Both of those actually stem from the mind. They are cerebral, intellectual mistakes and corruptions, and therefore they are they are interconnected as well. And then, of course, the the, the Kleaka goes to further the, all the descriptions that the that the Choshen rests in it, when it's doubled over. It rests as a square because any Dayan needs to have these four qualifications as described in Parashas Yisro. 
to, to, needs to be perfect in all these four different dimensions as well. The Haimek Medavar of Naftali Tzuyuhud of Berlin comments on Rashi. He says that this is certainly a hint, a metaphoric hint, but there are other ideas in it that the Choshen and the Eifod atone for as well. So he gives another example. He says that the Eifod, in fact, is um, is to um, um, atone for the needs or to to be a um, a conduit for good parnasa, good um, lifestyles that people will be able to earn their keep. And the Choshen is for the Yeshua Israel, is for the salvation of Israel from outside, which is why the Choshen and the Orimatumim usually go to war. You see throughout Tanakh, it's usually brought out to war, not just because they need to consult with the Orimatumim, because also the Choshen itself is an expression of the salvation of Israel. So that's a different perspective rather than atonement. It's actually a positive um, um, a sign and metaphor as well. Now, why are the names of Israel on all the stones? So Rashi points out that it's actually, it, it's in their order, Kaseder told us some, um, but uh, also to be noted is that also the names Avram, Yitzhak and Yaakov are also placed um, the, um, on the stones, also inter- interposed between the different shorter names as well. The Sephora explains the reason this is, is because that in fact all of them contributed to the Mishkan, all of them contributed these stones, the Nasim. The princes of each tribe contributed, so it's a reflection of that unity of contribution and generosity of Israel. However, the Soren in the last Aliyah also points out that the reason why the names are mentioned as well over here is to represent Lahasig Rachamim al Yisrael Bizchusam, that it should be to carry out or bring about to elicit mercy for Israel in the merit um, of wearing them, or that Aaron represents the nation of Israel. It's interesting that Aaron actually wears the, the, the words or the names of Israel twice on his shoulders, six on each shoulder, and then on the breastplate, one, one per each stone. The Malim actually says that the image, imagine the image of Aaron coming into the, the holy sanctum, uh, Kodesh HaKadoshim, with the names um, well, he would not get into the Kodesh Kodashim with the, the gold clothes, but, uh, but but into the Kodesh, into the sanctum with his with the with the Choshen, and it's almost as if it's almost as if it's the unity, it's the name of the names of Hashem and the names of Israel being united through Aaron himself. Now, what are the Urim Vitzumim? So we're going to take a quick diversion as to what it is not, but it is worthwhile noting that the coat of arms of the Yale University in New Haven of can you in you have in Connecticut is in fact the Urim Vatumim. It's a book which says Urim on the one side and Utumim on the other side, actually correctly reading from right to left. And it is translated in Latin as Lux et Veritas, Light and Truth. Um, what is the story behind this? There are lots of different stories as to how this arrived, but it, 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 it does seem that the, the, the history points towards a very interesting relationship between a Rav, whose name was Rav Chaim um, Isaac Karigal, a very well-traveled Rav who was born in Israel and, um, and went around the world collecting for the, the Hebron Yeshiva um, in the 1700s and Yale's fifth president, Reverend Ezra Stiles. Um, um, it was interesting to note that their relationship spanned six months when Rav Karigal was the Rav in or spent time in um, Rhode Island and um, and when he was in Newport, um, they had a very fascinating correspondence 
and connection they met over 28 times in the span of six months and during that point after that time um, styles when he became the president of the university actually um, incorporated hebrew as one of the required subjects and he gave many of his lectures in hebrew and aramaic in fact at, um, at, um, at the time um, and uh, so it is likely as a, as a function of this 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 version of this this close relationship and appreciation of hebrew as the language of the old testament that the that the um the insigno the coat of arms is Urim um, um, However, it is worthwhile noting that looks at Veritas also is not the uh, is not the correct translation of Urim Vatumim necessarily. What is the Urim Vatumim according to Jewish tradition? The Ramban quotes the Ibn Ezra says it was a silver or gold item. It was a type of oracle because clearly the Urim Vatumim, as we see in later in later Nach, is um, is used to understand what the will of Hashem is in a particular situation. The Ramban says in very succinctly about the Ibn Ezra's opinion, Veloy Amar Klum, his, um, his suggestion is worth nothing. So Ramban dismisses that offhand and says, clearly Rashi is correct. And what Rashi says is that it is the express name of Hashem, the longer name of Hashem, written out on parchment, inserted into the fold of the Choshen. Because if you remember, the Choshen is not a square, it's a rectangle. It is folded up underneath itself and into that fold is placed in this long express name of Hashem. Um, and the Ramban says the proof that this is in fact is the correct way of understanding the Rivatomim is that you do not see any construction or materials needed for the Rivatomim. It's assumed that it is already known and already exists. It doesn't require anybody to be using metal or materials like every other item in the Mishkan was made. How does it operate exactly? So the Ramban points out that because of the power of this metaphysical, this name of Hashem, inside the folds of the Urim Vatomim, it would light up, that's the word Urim, it would light up various letters. So when it was consulted by a person of a worthy stature, when the Kohen would be wearing it and would ask the question, who should go up to battle first, as an example, which is, it comes up numerous times in Tanakh, then the, and the, then the different letters would light up. So let's say the letters of Yehuda Ya'aleh, that, that Yehuda should go up first would be the answer. So he describes how different letters of, it would be the, the, the letters of the name Yehuda, then the Yud from Levi, the Ayin from Shimon, the Lamed from Levi, the Hay from Avraham, um, would all light up. However, it wasn't clear as to what that could actually mean, because taking those letters, it could also mean Hoid um, hoy had alei, or hey al yadua. There's other ways of, of putting those permutations of those letters. So that's why the coin would need tumim, which means purity or understanding of what's going on. So the urim was the lighting up, the tumim was the understanding of that in context. And putting that together, then they would have the message of what it is that Hashem wants. It's the stage below prophecy, but it's a, a way of conveying and understanding the message of Hashem. It's worthwhile noting that it could be misleading. So for instance, in the end of Sefer Shoftim, when the, at the episode of Pelegesh Begiva, when the nation of Israel are fighting against themselves to eradicate the tribe of Binyamin, who they feel have, have sinned terribly, terribly in the moral sense, um, and they consult the Urim Vatumim. The Urim Vatumim says they should go, they ask who should go into battle, and they say Yehuda should go, the Urim Vatumim responds, Urim Vatumim, Yehuda should go into battle, and Yehuda goes in and 18,000 people die in battle. It's a very significant loss. So the Mepharshim ask, how could the Urim Vatumim mislead them? And the answer is, is that the Urim Vatumim would answer the question given. The answer was not, should we go into battle humbly, but rather, we know we're going into battle, who should go first so we feel safe? And so the Rinvatoma said, well, if you want to know who's going first, Yehuda should go first, but you shouldn't be going to battle. So it can be misleading. Um, as the, the Vilna Gaon also points out famously, that 
It really depends on the interpreter as well. In understanding this, the Tumim, the clarity aspect of it, does depend on the interpreter. So for instance, the beginning of Sefer Shmuel Aleph, when uh, um, Eli is looking at Chana, and Chana is davening by the Mishkan in Shiloh, she is davening in a way which she is not accustomed to seeing. She is moving her lips, but she is not expressing any sound. He thinks she is a drunkard. Where does that come from? So it's because he consults. Eli is the Kayin Gadol, and he's also the Shofet at the time. He consults Urim Vitumim. He The letters that come up on Urim Vitumim are the words Shin Chofresh Hei, which he interprets to be the word Shikora, which means she is a drunkard, and therefore makes the allegation against her. She Responds and says, Lo Adoni, you are not my master, meaning to say, you don't understand what you're supposed to be doing, because in fact, the word that came up was the, was also could have the permutation of Kishayra. She is. Uh, she is in fact fine, she is good, but he misunderstood it. So part of it is left to the interpretation of the person reading and understanding the Urim Vatumim. Just again, another plug for why it is so important to learn Nach, because all these ideas come into full, uh, full perspective and high definition when understanding it as a whole. With this, we conclude. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.